So if you've got a problem in your business that you'd love to go ahead and jam with me on for about 10 minutes, good news, you can get to do that. All I'm doing for the next foreseeable future here is every week I'm grabbing new reviews off my podcast on Apple Podcast and Spotify. So all you have to do is go and leave a review on Apple Podcast or Spotify, screenshot the review, send it to me in a DM on Instagram so I know it's you, and I'm randomly selecting people every single week, and I'll do this for probably a few months. And then you've got me for 10 minutes. I'll help you out with whatever you've got going on as much as I can within that 10 minutes. And all I'm asking in return is for a review. If you've enjoyed listening to the show, it's been beneficial to you whatsoever. This would mean the world to me. And I'd also love the opportunity to shoot the shit with you anyway. So guys, head on over to Apple Podcast or Spotify. Leave a review. Screenshot that shit. Send me a DM on Instagram at WTF Gym Talk. And hopefully we'll be talking soon. All right, on with the podcast. What is up, guys? It is Stu, and it is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. The most recent episode I dropped was my interview with Stephen Hitt, the founder of Industrious out in Washington, where he shared how he's evolved the in-place model that you know uh, I took inspiration from when I had Urban Movement, and I, you know, obviously we both took inspiration from the spin studios and yoga studios of the world that have been doing in-place models since the beginning. And um, I talked to him, and, and it was really neat. And I was really excited to have a conversation with him. Obviously, there was a bit of a, you know, it was a bittersweet thing for me, you know, in, uh, you know, quote unquote, retiring from the gym owner world with Urban Movement and having this in place model, which at the time was truly unique. This was pre COVID, and I was, t- you know, when I when I launched that, you guys got to understand, I took a I took a beating, right? Um, from people in real life, like colleagues of mine, maybe locally in Charlotte or people I know abroad, um, uh, you know, online in the DM, like, you know, I mean, just people who thought I was, you know, it was a horrible idea. The in-place model wouldn't work, but we did. We created the first in-place barbell-based strength and conditioning model, uh, the first that I know of, the first that like, you know, because you guys saw the vlogs, I documented it, I showed you exactly how we were doing it, the squares, the math, the operational capacity, all that stuff was on YouTube, it still is. And, uh, you know, but I was, you know, for our model, it worked great. And then having the close, you know, you know, shutting urban down and and retiring and doing the real estate thing. I was like, oh man, I I really would have loved to see that thing grow and evolve. And, and look at what Steven's done. Look at what he's done. If you haven't listened to the podcast at Industrious, essentially Steven has created an in-place model that is very barbell strength and conditioning base. It's 169 square feet. You get a squat rack. You get multiple ergs. You got a barbell, plates, kettlebells, dumbbells, med balls, bench, box, everything you could imagine that you would want for a a CrossFit style workout. And, And it was just so refreshing to see someone evolve this thing. So I was real excited because I'm like, okay, a lot of people, you know, kick me in the dick about this because, oh, well, you drop CrossFit and you re, you know, you became Urban Movement with your own unique belief in fitness and tempo training. So that in-place model doesn't apply to us, right? Like nobody was willing to take any of my advice on how I thought this would be beneficial because they didn't see me as a part of their quote-unquote tribe. Well, here's Steven, a CrossFit affiliate for a very long time. Now, granted, he runs under his own flag of industrious. You don't find the word CrossFit in his marketing, but he is a CrossFit affiliate, and he and he has workouts. If you looked at them, they they you know they you would see them be like, okay, that's CrossFit esque. All right, he has his own flavor, his own style. But by and large, I was hope my hope was that 
with him flying that CrossFit flag, you know, with being an affiliate, and him doing it in place, maybe this conversation would get some legs now. Maybe people wouldn't just shit on it because, you know, uh, the guy who's talking about it wasn't a CrossFit affiliate because now he is. And he's doing it like amazingly, amazingly well. I mean, he's even got a franchise model behind it now. So this podcast drops. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for you guys to hear it. And I'm hoping the tune of those that shit on me would, would change, right? And it didn't. Like, like I'm not gonna lie. I got a lot of really good feedback from it, but I got just as much again, this negative feedback and I cannot identify why. And now I know like I can say something very blanket in general, like, oh, they're just fearful. They have a scarcity mindset. Anything that's different than what they're doing is, you know, scares them. And sure, I can say that it doesn't make me feel any better. Like I'm a problem solver at heart. I'm always trying to really identify the actual problem. And so for this podcast today, I'm going to take, I think, I'm going to go probably like three of the main reasons that I was getting in DMs. I dropped this in a bunch of Facebook groups and I got a bunch of comments on it. I got a few emails that people kind of hit me with where they're still yet looking at this and they're not even buying into it for a second. It's not like, well, Stu, this is really interesting, but here are my thoughts. It's, no, this wouldn't work and this is why it wouldn't work. And uh, obviously, in my opinion, those individuals couldn't be further from accurate because I've seen it work. I know it works. I've seen it work in other models other than, you know, the micro gym. So anyway, let's get into this. Um, the number one, one of the number one reasons I got it, this is the worst one. This is, this is the one where it just makes me want to beat my head against the wall. But Stu, I looked at the model. I heard what Steven had to say. And I just, I think that would kill and ruin my community. It absolutely ruined my community. My members like to roam around freely and they don't want to be locked in, in little boxes and it would just absolutely kill our community. And again, this is just another example of like an owner who really has nothing special going on in his business. So he has to rely on the thing that he's not in control of, which is community, right? He's influenced it. He's put a bunch of people under one roof doing the same thing and a community happened. Oh boy, goody. Right, community happens at every bar in every major NFL town on a Sunday with absolute random strangers, simply because they're under one roof. There's a common denominator, and they're wearing the same uh, color for that day for that team. Right, community happens in the KKK. Community happens within fucking Nambla. Happens within prisons. Right, so stop talking about your community like you orchestrated it. You had nothing to do with it other than giving people a place to convene. Okay. Now, for those of you that look at this like, well, the in-place model, I like my people to roam around like like they're free-range fucking chickens or something. Like, what do you mean they have to roam around? I I don't understand this in the least. Like, how does that impact the community? Are you trying to tell me that uh, someone that goes to church and sits in a pew or uh, you know, a spin studio has less community because they can't roam around. This was legit. I, I kid you not. Like the actual verbiage, and it was in multiple different people's responses, roam around or move around freely is what a lot of them said too. If they can't move around freely, it's going to impact my community. I, I just, I, I mean, it would definitely be a disrupt. I mean, like it, obviously it'd be disruptive. Like if you switch the model overnight, which I would never recommend anybody do, but switching to the model 
I don't think it, it can't, it's impossible for it to deter from your community. I just, I don't understand. It's not changing the people who are in there. It's not making them do something different. They're essentially just getting their own equipment in one spot. I, uh, I, you know, is the thought process that like when you're inside your spot, you can't talk to anyone else. Is that maybe the thought process? Like, help me out here. I'm trying to figure out where these motherfuckers are coming from with this thought process. The second reason was that this would be way too hard to program with. I, and I kid you not, I'm only going to spend a few seconds on this because this is just the most moronic one. I just, I can't picture programming with all this. Like, what, what do you mean? Like, oh, it would be way harder to program. How would it be harder to program when everybody has their own piece of equipment? It's harder to program when you only have eight rowers and you have 15 people in a class. The programming challenges are when things are kind of on opposite sides of the room or people have to get from this station over to the wall ball station or you don't have enough of a piece of equipment for everybody. That makes programming difficult. How, like, and I didn't, I, I'm not gonna lie, I, to, my, to knock me, I did not further engage in any of these messages and emails and any, I did not say, oh, well, tell me more what you mean. Cause I honestly just didn't care. I just like, again, I, there's such good information from Steven on that podcast. And just to see someone put so much financial risk and, you know, roll the dice on an idea that I truly believe is sound, financially sound, um, you know, and kind of be the first one through the door, taking all the bullets, and people still just want to shit on it. It just blows me away. You know, on the programming um, side of this thing, it's like not only is it easier, but you're missing the whole point. The reason he does it is not for easier programming or different programming. It's for math. It's simple to be able to create accurate ARPCs. He knows exactly how much square footage everyone takes up now, 169 square feet. He can walk into any building in anywhere that he's looking to expand to, and he's able to reverse engineer the math beautifully, like so accurately as to what the facility, the room, the building can generate for him. And yet, you know, again, the number one thing people are, you know, knocking on this is like programming conversations. I I didn't, I just don't get it. And then, you know, the third and last one that, uh, this is the only one that I thought had merit and value to it. Well, Stu, I, I don't understand the finances, you know, in the podcast, you guys said it costs like 9,000, I think it was like $9,060, um, in order for, you know, or for that to create that spot. And yeah, and I, you know, and I, me and Steven had talked about this, you know, that, that that price point is high, and I bet you in a few years as he refines it, they get, they'll dial that price point down. Whether they get maybe a good partnership with like an equipment manufacturer, or maybe they lean out some of the equipment that you need, or maybe they allow their franchisees to kind of custom, you know, to not have to use as much equipment. And you know, Steven knows this, but there's a ton of people that are going to take this idea and run with it and never franchise with them, and that's perfectly fine. You know, he is um, he is pushing the boundaries of this you know in place model further than I push them. And it's going to be beneficial for the micro gym industry in general, especially those of the barbell, you know, base group strength conditioning variety. And people will be able to customize it and do whatever. But, you know, the the one that, la- this last one was like, man, I just, I don't know the numbers. I don't know if they work out. And I, and I you know, Stephen's defense, sure, $9,000 is a lot, but guys, can we just do the real simple math on this? Let's say it's $9,060 per spot, Okay. And let's say uh, in a given day, you have, you know, let's go nine classes in a day, right? 
So we go ahead and we take nine classes a day. Let's say that's Monday through Friday. So that's five days in a week. Then let's say you got two more on the weekends. That comes out to 47 classes a week. All right, 47 classes. So 47 classes a week, go ahead and times that by four, we get roughly 188 classes per month, okay? So for $9,060, if we're gonna do 188 classes per month, meaning you have opportunity to monetize that spot 188 times per month, it would take 48 months in order to make your money back on that. 9,060 divided by uh, 188, 48 total months, two years to make your money back on that, all right? That doesn't sound that bad to me. Doesn't sound that bad to me. Could you dial it down and make it more conservative? I think so. Um, but ultimately, guys, at the end of the day here, I uh, I just really hope everyone sees and hears things that are different than what they're doing. And instead of throwing shit at it, they actually just like, they get curious. Curiosity is one of the skill sets I see in most people who are winning. Um, and those of you that don't act curious and just instantly shit on stuff, it just, it's kind of obvious to me as to why you are where you are in your business. So anyway, guys, until I talk to you in the next podcast, have a great fucking day.